happening. It's Christian-centered of the famed Double Primo podcast, uh, Skateboarding Elites. Uh, <laughs> I am down with COVID, so please excuse my snuffly, sniffly nature. But uh, plus side of COVID is I finally had time to fucking edit some podcasts, so... Uh, pulling some uh, positives out of a negative. I don't know what it took some fucking long for me to get COVID for the first time, but uh, this first one is a doozy. Um, I'm not. I'm fully vaccinated and I have a booster, but I, I I was a little lackadaisical with all my other boosters. So perhaps I should be the uh, reminder for you if if you're a practitioner of vaccinations, and if not, hey man, your body, you do what you do. Uh. But yeah, this sucks. But anyway, I I got to when I was not sick, I got to chat with my <clears throat> my buddy Andrew Schusterman, who uh, he's done a little bit of everything in the industry. Uh, he's been team managing. He's uh, been so doing social media. I uh, really, he's just like a really. Every time you see him, you're just like, wow, that dude is so fucking nice. And like, you know, not nice as in like I have nothing of value to say. Like he's just a like a Theodos Beasley nice person, where it's just like, oh my god, like what a fucking great person. Like what a I'm like I just feel better having seen this person. Like that's crazy. But he is. He's just a sweet dude, and uh, I see him around all the time, and he's hustling in the industry and. You know, I figured uh, spice it up a little bit with the DP because, uh, you know, life life's taking the boots to all three of us, uh, me, Sergio, and Adam. So, you know, we uh, it's hard for us to get together and get an actual podcast out. We're trying. We're we're fucking trying. But uh, uh, just actually getting it done um, and while we're trying to keep rent paid and all that, it's a matter of priority. But uh, we don't need to get into the weeds too deep about that. But, uh, yeah, man, it was really fun talking to Andrew. We, we talked a little bit about his tenure at flip and at birdhouse and it was it was a cool little a shallow dip into the the waters there so maybe we'll have him on again and uh, maybe this will be a little test trial for other uh interviews or conversations with people that we know in the industry and just uh you know a little something different but something to keep the, the momentum going hopefully you like it and if not hey you get what you pay for you know what i mean <laughs> hey Oh, anyway, um, yeah, thanks for listening. I, well, we always appreciate it, and yeah, here we go. Gotta promote on the socials. You know it well. You know the social game better than I most. Do indeed. Better than you're a one percenter in that realm. <laughs> Who's this dog, by the way? That's Mia. That's uh, that's my lady's. She's lady. very nice. She's her personal boundaries. Uh, her sense of personal boundaries needs some work. But yeah, she's a, she's a sweetheart. She's a total love. She's uh, she's always looking for. Somebody to snuggle up on whenever we're on walk. She's trying to say hello. She's a, she's the face of the group for sure. <laughs> the face of the group. I like that. Echo is a bit shy and standoffish, and then he's just a, a maniac. So you never know what it's <laughs> gonna happen. But yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think were you, you were the stereos team manager when we met. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I have a photo of you because you were at Transworld. And I have a photo of you. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Transworld. You were at Skateboarder. And so I have a photo that I still have to this day of, like, you, me, and Benny Fairfax. Oh, yeah. At a, when, when they did, like, the Obey collaboration. And, like, Shepard Ferry actually was there. And, like, um, this was so, this was, like, 2008. This was ages ago. Oh, that was, like, right when I arrived. <clears throat> I think I moved to California in 2008. But, yeah, you were, you were one of the first people that was, like, just open and nice. Because, like, there was so much... So much of skateboarding has that, like, I don't know this person. They're yeah. new. What yeah. is, what's this about? Very clicky high school shit. And you're like... Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm not trying to be like that. The industry sucks, dude. But it's just like, for a group of people that all have social anxiety, we're not exactly the, <laughs> the most welcoming <laughs> or empathetic. And we're like, who's this? Like, somebody else dealing with the same shit you are, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, skating can be pretty brutal sometimes to each to, e- to each other. Yeah, but you know, it, it makes you strong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. That was that was the, the, the I think it's getting better. I hope it's getting. Maybe, I think it's getting better. Not. I don't I know. Mean, it's definitely more inclusive now, which is great. Like, yeah, as two guys creeping up towards their forties, uh, it's, <laughs> it's obviously we're in touch. Yeah, that's right. No, but I mean, you would know. Like, you're you're in you're in you're in uh, you're tapped in with the TikTok. I get. I like try and stay like you know. I mean, sometimes I go to an event and I'll be like, "Damn, who's this guy? Who's this guy?" And it seems like everybody knows them. But like, I try and know who's coming up and like what brands are like you know mm-hmm. getting through or like getting really popular. Um, but you go to some stuff and you're like, "Damn, I feel so old." Like, I feel oh, like for I sure. shouldn't even be like I can't even be here right now. Yeah, uh, I was at. We walked into Good Bar the other night, and we definitely had that feeling. Just me yeah. and me and Zorif just walked in and just immediately looked like teenagers <laughs> having like a, a party at a. They're like, they don't know we're underage, and like, but they're twenty three years old, and I'm just like, well, how times have changed. <laughs> But yeah, how'd you, and where'd you get your start? How'd you get into team management? So I first worked for Blitz Distribution, which was my first job like in skateboarding. Um, and I was helping out with like Baker and Flip, like all all the brands that they had at that time. Skate Mafia had just like launched. Um, and then Birdhouse lost the team manager or like they were in transition with the team manager. So I was like the marketing coordinator. So they, I think just kind of were like, Hey, can you just fill this little (laughs) gap here for a little? So it wasn't like a full on TM position. Like it was just kind of like when I could help or like if guys came into the office, I'd go get them boards and then I'd learn about their preferences and like, Oh, okay. So-and-so doesn't like red tops or this guy only rides this or, um, and I went on a trip. Birdhouse was the first skate tour, like actual skate tour I went on when they came out with that video, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually helped like with the hotels and like making sure guys were getting in the van and like all that kind of stuff. Um, was that hard? Because like the internet was around, but it, it's not ex- anything like what we have now where it's just like, there's, oh, there's an app for that. You yeah. Know, air, air, you know, cause I remember like even when I would travel back like around then, like we went to Berlin and, you know, phones didn't work once you went to Europe or, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. So, like, how, how did you jump into that, like, with no real prior training? I mean, 
I like we okay. So Blitz had <laughs> this is so crazy to even think about. But Blitz had like an official like representative from Best Western, and you would have know. to call this person. She was a travel agent basically, but she worked specifically for them. And because we had like large numbers of like, you know, bookings, like there'd be like 20 people bookings and we'd be doing it really often because there's always skate trips. So this lady would like be like, okay. And I'd have to sit there with her on the phone and be like, okay, we're trying to get to like, here's this signing on this day. And she'd be looking at the schedule. Okay, well this hotel's close enough. Oh, you won't be able to check in. So maybe you'll, you know, like she would help me like logistically figure out like where we should stay, like what nights, you know, like maybe instead stay in this town since you're going to have to be here next day. Um, but yeah, that was crazy. That was like really like crazy planning. Um, yeah. At I, least for the hotels and like, I imagine. Cause like every trip I've ever been on, I'm just like, I'm so glad I don't have to be the one like oh, man. getting everybody out of bed, getting to the van, making sure people are fed. Like, cause like, uh, like I was, I was on a couple of vans trips with, uh, like when Frank Mayer was the, the team manager. Yeah. And just, I really liked how he did it. Cause he's like, guys, bagels are coming, be down here and we're fucking leaving. Okay. And he was just <laughs> like, not really babying anybody. And he like, cause the day before we had tried to do like an actual breakfast Yeah, and he just got so frustrated. He's like, I'm not fucking doing this again. <laughs> and like the, you know, the restaurants over us cause we're like, you know, it's a van's trip. So it's like yeah, yeah. 30 people and he's trying to wrangle everybody and people are coming in for, minutes like into the meal and want to order and he's just like yep bagels that's it you might <laughs> yours might be cold that was great i like that do you know the or, like you said the, that you knew that like oh he doesn't like red tops and yeah such and such yeah do you know the origin of the red top no i really don't and it's weird because i'm not superstitious but are you a little stitious? Hey. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> what happened was when those guys started coming in, I'd never heard of this shit before. Like red top. Like you never had a choice. Like this is my first job in skating. So it's like first time I'm getting free skateboards. So like up until then I was buying all my stuff and like you didn't have a choice. You just like get your board. Yeah, I never yeah. even thought about that. And then they started telling me, oh yeah, I would never ride a red board and oh, a red top. Oh, I'd never ride a red top. And like some people were weird. They were like, oh, I don't do like blue tops for some reason. But most people were like, no red tops. That's bad luck. And I slowly picked up on that and I started not skating <laughs> red tops because it just kind of like through osmosis, you know? Yeah. You just absorb the just superstition. Absorb this ridiculous superstitious, like. Which is how religions start. <laughs> yeah, that's and spread. right. <laughs> <laughs> you just hang around and suddenly I'm like, oh, I think that way too. That's yeah, cool. yeah, 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 well, exactly. Like I remember Leo Romero and I think Jimmy Origi. They did like a, a sketch or something like the curse of the red top. Maybe it was a thrasher article. I don't remember, but I was yeah. like, I have, I don't even know what they're talking like what red top of what. And they're like, Oh, the top ply. And yeah. I was like, this is brand new, but yeah, like it's, it's pervasive. It's like quietly one of those, you know, very inside baseball kind of things, but it's, it's stuck around. Fun fact, FA, uh, they might've changed this, but like, they had a standing order of no orange top boards because they, I think Dill was so sick of riding them from, he's like, they just got <laughs> so many orange top boards when they rode for workshop that they're yeah. like, no, never again. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So like, but cool with the red tops, just no orange. No, there's, there's definitely reds flowing through there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've ridden a few of them, but, um, 
Yeah. So like you just trial by fire, hop in the van, like get people, everything. Like, yeah. I mean, was there a hard, like, like a big learning curve? Like, cause this is, yeah. So you're, you're on tour with birdhouse at the beginning. So and this is like 2007, end of 2007. So we got Matt ball, Matt Figgy. ball, Brian Sumner, Willie Santos, Sean Eaton. Um, who am I missing here? Oh, John Dixon. He was flow. He wasn't even like am yet, but he was like gonna be am. Figgy. Um, Figgy was hurt, so he couldn't skate any demos. But mm-hmm. John Dixon was like seriously like the MVP of that whole trip, and it was like, oh my god, this kid is amazing. He's very good. Yes, like he's still very good. Still very good. Oh yeah, no, John rules. Like he's incredible. And that trip was like, I remember talking to like the bosses, you know, like mm-hmm. you you guys like know how good this guy is, and they're like, oh yeah, well, he's like flow, but we're thinking, you know, looking to make him an am. And I think they got he got like his first ad not long after that trip. But this guy is like one of those guys that would show up to the demo, skate the hell out of the demo impress everybody and kids would be like who is that like well that's the flow man's job the flow person's job is to show up and blow up but that trip was like crazy only because yeah i'd never been on a skateboard trip like that a real proper oh yeah like video tour premiere whatever so going on that and then like having to like i was doing so much stuff i had to like set up a projector at every single demo so we had to buy special equipment to make sure like and make sure that the skate park had like Hour, you know, so we'd be like mm-hmm. running cords everywhere. And then we would do these premieres at the skate park. And then there was a demo and then we had to get to the place. And sometimes there was like an after party. So you had to like drive there. Like, um, and I remember this one night where I, fi- cause it was like, I mean, it was stressful. I was 23. Everybody was old. Basically everybody, except for like the AMs, like, so all the pros they are all way older than I am. And I just remember being like, dude, they're not going to listen to me. Like, yeah, you know, like I'm 23 years old. Like what are the, I'm like I had the same feeling at a skateboarder when I would like reach out for articles and I'm just like, Hey, would you like, would you like to tell us about the restaurants you like to go to? Um, I know that you're a millionaire and how about, like, I just felt so like nerdy sometimes. Like I've Dennis boosted it's one time. Like I've, I asked him to do a, a, I think it was like a haunts page for skateboarder. And like, I remember him on the phone just being like, would anybody give a fuck about this? It's just like, I don't know. Sometimes the restaurants are stoked that you shouted them out and they'll yeah. like, they'll hang it up. Cause I, I had, I had seen that and like, you know, like Mike and Anderson, has got like his burrito spot in Ventura and yeah. like Kenny Hoyle had his taco spot and you know, you know, who knows, but I forget. I, we've talked about this, but you, you would also help with those, like the 15 things you didn't know. Yeah. Right. I Which, love those. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm milking that one. Oh I'm man. Squeezing blood from the stone. I'm still doing it. I mean, the- look, I still think about them <laughs> to this yeah. day. I still tell stories like the Gons one maybe was my favorite Gons jumping through in security line in Rome or something like that. And he like got it too impatient and like just ended up, they kept, I don't know if they were like asking him to take this off or that off. And he just got so fed up that he jumped, like dove into the, like the x-ray machine and they arrested <laughs> him and put him in like a mental institution, I think, or something to that effect. Like yeah, some kind of like, that might've been, they the thought main. he was insane. And his dad had to like fly out to Rome to like release him basically. Cause they thought this, oh, this guy's nuts. Like, but that one, that alone, that story to me, like was, yeah. I mean, it, we definitely dug up a lot of like, it, it's a, kind of a shame, like how much space we weren't allowed to have, like not that it was anybody at skateboarder being like, you know, we, 
Because everybody would have been like, yeah, we, we'll run the whole thing. But yeah. Never. And this was pre-websites where, you know, we, you, th- you felt like you were cannibalizing the magazine if you did, like, that kind of shit. But, yeah, uh, just, like, the the hours of audio that we have from people telling us about their injuries and oh, all yeah. the 15 things stuff. But May- I think Mazo was, like, I don't know if he was... I'm pretty sure he was the, like, originator of all, like, the, the really great um like because it was like i think about it pretty oddly because like every now and then it'll kind of resurface i'm like all of his shit would be perfect now in like inco- infographic form yeah like skate media nerds kind of doing it where he's kind of or they i'm sorry they're uh they're kind of revamping it and bringing new life to it but like i'm i'm straight up doing it i'm like i'll do 16 things for jencom <laughs> But yeah, I write, I wrote, I got to write those, uh, cause I, when I got to the magazine, I just like, uh, I didn't, I never worked in skateboarding. I never worked at a magazine. I never yeah. even interned at a, anything. So I just kind of got there and like was slowly like, could I, could I try this? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, and then, you know, I s- slowly just started kind of having my own department pages and it was pretty great. Cause, uh, it, you know. I'd get kicked back if something was trash, but like, yeah. for the most part, I just got to do whatever, and it was. Nah, man, fluid, they were, but they, I've told you before, I always loved them. Yeah, and I still have some of those copies too. Of like, I my mom actually just like was like moving. You know how like once you're out of your room, your parents like turn it into whatever storage. And my mom finally is like, I'm cleaning up this whole room, and she found all these skate mags that I thought I already had, or I thought I'd lost, and a bunch of skateboarders. Um, so I have like a ton right now that I'm like going through and finding some of these, like the old ones that I really liked, like the Gons one. Um, man, there, yeah, there were some really good ones. I can't think of, uh, there are a few other ones I really liked, but the Gons one always stood out. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, I, th- I, d- I didn't write it. I don't think, but, um, I think that might've been, I don't even know who wrote that. I don't think it was me. I did one on day one. I think I came in like after like the, the Mount Rushmore had kind of been covered. It was like Tony Hawk had been covered. <laughs> Gons. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they did a Rodney Mullen one, but, um, yeah, a lot of, oppor- I did one for on Ran- Andrew Reynolds and I literally wrote the whole thing. And then he like was like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want it out. And I was <laughs> oh, just <man>. like, <laughs> All right. And like, I've tried look for in, looking for it after the fact. Yeah. Cause like, cause it's in, it's, I have a file of it somewhere, but I can't find it. It's like on a dead computer or hard drive somewhere, but I just haven't made the time to look it. I was, to, I was just talking about the, that to the dude from uh, skate John, uh, Noah, cause he, we were, he's, they're going to do a podcast. So check that out for sure. Skate John. But, um, uh, we were just talking about the audio we have. We just have like so much literally hours of interviews and just yeah. phone calls of like fact checking. Like I've talked to Glenn Friedman and like we, I went on, he talked to me about Roberto Clemente cause we're, he's for, uh, a big pirates buff yeah. and, and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is so uh, surreal. Cause that was also when we were in San Juan Capistrano. So like, which was like the original surfer magazine headquarters, which we had been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow no one had taken this office and it was a giant, what I consider a giant office. 
So my first job out of college is at a skateboarding magazine and somehow I ended up with an office because everybody else had like, I think it was a superstition because everybody that had it had gotten clipped <laughs> already. And I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, but also yeah, for sure. if that's the only spot for me, I guess I got to take it. <laughs> Man, I remember getting business cards ordered oh, for yeah. me. I thought that was the biggest deal. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have business cards? Like I, like, I knew I was at the bottom of the totem pole, yeah. but to even have your name and a title was like, oh, wow, I'm the shit now. Like, yeah. can you imagine having a business card now? Like, Yeah, I, I was... I think you just have like a QR code or something like yeah, here's my yeah. contact with it's like a, a, a bitly like thing with all your all, all your socials and whatever <laughs> else. It's like Jesus, welcome to the future. No, I want it to be like I want to I want to go back to like it's going to be on our wrists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like injected Here, into follow us. Follow me. Like, I, I, I wish it went back to like, Amer remember like an American Psycho, the famous scene of them uh, talking about their cards. Mm -hmm. I like love that. I can watch that <laughs> scene. So like the eggshell, blah, blah, blah. Oh no, check this one out. Like I wish business cards were like that. Like I missed <laughs> the boat on the business card, like competitions. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, ours were so cartoonish that I like, I'd never would have gotten in there. I definitely remember giving them out to like a chick at a bar or something yeah. and being like, that's pretty sick. And then she's just like. <laughs> immediately throws it away. She's like, I'm looking for a producer. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're in Hollywood. <laughs> but so uh, you're in Birdhouse. How long do you stay there? Cause that's like around the same time that Steve Herring kind of flew Yeah, no, in. Steve was with me on that trip. And so Steve was the TM, but like, it's always hard. Like I know companies, you know, they try and consolidate a team manager role into like being the, the filmer a lot of time ends mm -hmm. up becoming like the de facto like TM, but you know, he just like had so much going on with that video and like, yes, like, you know, he was going out with dudes, but like he was just focused on that. And so they were like, okay, yeah, we need to get like someone else in here. And I think that dude, um, Oh, man, I'm forgetting his name. But anyways, they they didn't have anybody in that time. So I went on that trip with Steve Herring um, and this dude, Kevin, whose last name I, I honestly forgot. He was also, he helped film that video. But like, I would have to like, he, you know, Steve, especially at a filmer, like you don't want, the filmer doesn't want to like yell at them and be like, get down here. And like, yeah. then they're going to be mad. And they want to film with him later. So I have to be the, so most of the time I had to be like the uh, bad guy. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Good yeah, literally. Yeah. Good cop, bad cop. Because... That's just no one, you know, they know me. They're like, okay, he's going to like bitch about this and that, or this guy, or he's going to like, you know, make us do this. But if the filmer does it, then it becomes like, oh, I don't want to film. I don't want to be near him today. Or like, yeah, it, it must feel really good to be like a photographer or filmer. And then like hit a point where you're like, people have to kind of play your game like not your yeah. game but yeah. like fucking show up and do the job and be like respect like the fact that we're all at work right now yeah like it, a little bit you know what i mean like i don't know there's like seeing burnett or something like nobody is fucking around with burnett as far as i've nah. seen or yeah uh you know i'm sure it, i for my, my old roommate used to, uh, would work with the tiba on like uh, a lot of um film shoots and stuff and he was like dude's the nicest guy he's always hooking up skaters with pa jobs and stuff and it's just like i'm sh just out of respect for his talent and ki on and kindness on top of that you know people probably are showing up and doing the job but yeah. maybe we talked to him and he's like oh no people are <laughs> flakes and entitled dude. like i don't know i mean i still like to this day every now and then like i'll be i don't have to go out to, like i'm not going out to like 
street sessions really anymore. I go to contests and events. That's about it. But like when we were going on, like when we would be with someone like a Burnett or, you know, whoever it was, um, definitely there were times where like there was a skateboarder who like maybe just wasn't feeling the sarcasm that day or didn't like, <laughs> you know, didn't like Mike's jokes and like was just like, I'm going to go back to the van. Like, so occasionally I would see that happen pretty rare, but, um, I have to go cry right yeah, now. I have to go cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's fine. Be, be in tune with your emotions. Um, what, speaking of which, what, what is your role right now? And do you want to like, yeah. what are you, what are you up to? Um, so about like three years, literally right before the pandemic, like a couple months before I started doing freelance work again. And I had done that like years back. Um, when I was unemployed, I started picking up freelance. And so in what capacity, social media, social media, yeah, mostly social media, like this, like strategy, content creation, helping people literally with whatever they need basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so like since, yeah, since the end of 2019, I've been working with like different brands, not, and not just like in Drop skateboarding. Me. So like I work with a brand called California Locos, which is like an art collective in LA that's made up of dudes like Mr. Cartoon, um, Shepard Ferry, uh, Dave Torje, all these different artists. Um, and then I work, I do like everything on their Instagram, basically, uh, like the majority of the stuff that you see there is like me putting the content together like curating stuff um, and then I help a nonprofit um, called the National Equity Project and they are about creating like more equity in schools and like having hiring more like black teachers or just teachers of color um, so that's cool because I'd never worked with like a nonprofit before mm-hmm. in like social media it's like so much stuff I don't know um, but then I work now I like maybe seven eight months ago Casper hit me up about SKF bearings and I remember them because they came out with like a Andrew Reynolds bearing like years ago like it was like same time like you and I were starting in skating SKF came out and then I don't know what happened but they like only sponsored Reynolds and then that went away and then recently they brought it back and it's now they have you know like the team is cater and Alexis Sablone, Louis Lopez, um, Ishad. So they're having a rough go of it. This they're time having here. a rough go. Yeah. Okay. They like got it together. They hired Casper and like, <laughs> he's the man. So like he figured, you know, he got, he's the one that helped build a team and like, um, but yeah, I helped them with their social media. Like, and I've even gone to events. Like they sent me to that dime glory challenge in Montreal to help cover that. I'm very jealous. Yeah. That was really fun. That was one of the most fun contests I've ever been to. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they figured it out. They figured it out and not just that when you're there and you see everything and the level of like what goes into that shit like they plan it and then I found this out like yeah they plan that thing like for a full year which when you see everything and how they're putting the obstacles you're like dude this is a lot they had to have like rehearsed some of this stuff like putting the obstacles together because it's like it was so efficient, like how quick everything yeah. was and just like how many different materials are involved. And like, I think about that every now, cause like I've been doing production jobs, doing like on advertising shoots and uh, videos and what or uh, like music videos and shit. Yeah. And like they're, very often so poorly run. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm and sure. And like, 
I, it, I'm just like you. This is your job. Like this is the only yeah. thing you do. Like this, this is it. You are. This is your whole thing. Yeah. And like every every time I work for you, it seems like it's your first time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm. But you pay me well, so and it's on time. No. So I'm gonna Dude, pay. The, I'm keep keep coming back. But the, boy, the, am I surprised. But yeah, the dime you know. guys, they, like they have that shit on lock. Like yeah. it was so impressive, especially having done events. I've like. I knew like seeing certain things, you're like, oh my God, this must have like cost so much to do this, or this was so much planning went yeah. into this. Like, like the foam and the flame throwing oh, and that shit. That was incredible. The, I mean, a whatever, eight tiered, was it seven or eight? It was like tiered rainbow rail. I think it went to seven. Yeah, it's yeah, gotta be ridiculous. fabricated on, on it. Like, also just like con- con- like conceptualizing how to actually, or yeah. like, all right, how are we gonna add and then actually get the ramps together? Oh no, like the that part to me watching, cause I was like right in the front there, like hanging out, watching them like bring these things together, like putting them together, like, it is intent, like it is like no joke, like how much work must have gone into making sure all the measurements had to be like spot on, like perfect, like because the way they all fit, everything fit into each other, it was like Legos, like mm-hmm. it was like perfect fit. Um, yeah, I was that was so insane that what those guys do. I'm always impressed, and you know, it, it you get results that way. Like we we're all yeah. talking about it, and everybody like. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Dime and, like, Copenhagen Pro are kind of the only events I would consider traveling for on my own Dime. Yeah. But, like, I mean, not not that the other ones aren't great. Like, Skate Park of Tampa is amazing. Yeah, for sure. But, but also, but like, yeah. at 37, I'm not going to make my pilgrimage down there and be like, I, <laughs> I, I have a hangover just thinking about going there. Yeah, yeah. So. No, like... I, this year was the first year I went to Copenhagen was this year. And, you know, like I knew it'd be kind of a stretch. I even asked them like, Hey, what do you guys think about sending me there to SKF? But you know, I knew that was like probably not going to happen. And, but in my mind, I already had like told myself you're going no matter what. And so I like, you know, it was cool. They let me like, you know, I did a bunch of stuff like filming a shot and Louie. Um, but like, I paid for myself to get out there because I was like, I want to go see this thing. Like yeah. this contest is talked about so much. It looks amazing and it is amazing. And it's like Europe too. So everybody's like, it's to be more wild and like drink in the streets and like, you know, things stay open late. It doesn't get dark ever. Basically it gets dark <laughs> like at like 10 for like a little bit. And then it's just like blue sky. It just like, takes a, the day takes a power nap. Yeah, basically. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I didn't really see a lot of highlights from that one this year yet. I don't think from Copenhagen. Yeah. Like did there it, was, was this like everybody just getting their dusting themselves off after a year in, indoors? Pretty much. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was like the most, and I, I, I'd never been, so I didn't know, but like talking to people who were like veterans of having gone to that contest every year, this was like the biggest by far. It was like insanity. Like how many people were at this contest. Buddy, down. <laughs> you getting jealous? <laughs> I would like some attention, please. <clears throat> Don't chew on my Crocs that definitely don't look like a dog toy. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, those those both seem awesome, and I I'm every year I'm like I'm going next year, and then like you you mentioned this that they kind of keep it a little quiet on they when, do. Yeah, when the yeah. dates I, are actually going to be. Yeah, they do that on purpose. Yeah, so it doesn't get like blown out. But there were, I mean, some of the stuff they just couldn't. You know, it's like out in public. So even people walking by, you start to see people stop in the street because they're like, "What the hell's going on?" And then all of a sudden, there's like all these random people there, but still like managed to like pull it off and I would tell you honestly like I would pay for myself again to go to that contest if I wasn't if it wasn't paid for for, from a brand like I would definitely go on my own dime and I met guys that were there who were skateboarders in their like probably mid 40s and these guys have been going to the Copenhagen contest as like a crew for like years and they don't work in skateboarding they just love the contest <laughs> they just go as like a are pilgrimage. They, are like, they skaters? Yeah, they're skaters. Oh, okay. But they're not. They It'd don't be work. Kind of funnier if they weren't. They're like, we came here one <laughs> yeah. year, and we just decided. It's just like they're. Uh, what's that fucking Adam Sandler movie that won't go away? Where oh. is it? Grown ups or fucking yeah, well, like the one where they go to like that. It's like in the Caribbean or whatever. They do like the first one was a summer camp where it was like. They all got back together for the first time in however long, and then oh, yeah. now they yes. keep doing it. But that could that could be them. Yeah, the joke exactly. works better if you know the reference, but I don't. So we'll uh, <laughs> that, we'll edit that up. Um, <laughs> oh, it's the witching hour. Waylon has begun his battle. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are three dogs around us right now. For, for anybody who obviously can't see what's happening, there are three beautiful dogs Waylon battling also for attention. Is he has a, a kill count of two charging cables already? So I'm curious if he's trying to go for another one. You said it. All right, buddy. Um. Well, yeah. Like, what do you? Uh, so when you go out to the social, you're because you're covering it for social media. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also like, I've been doing this too. Like I just tried it at the beginning of, uh, well, my beginning of TikTok. Cause I was like, I'm assuming Vans is going to make me get on TikTok. So I'm going to, yeah. you know, being older, you get a little more like you just hear about a new app and you're like, I don't want to fucking get on one more app and have one more reason to be on the yeah. phone. And then you see TikTok and it's like celebrities dancing with their kids. And it's just like, so cringy. Like how much, how much fame do you really need? Like yeah. how much, how many revenue streams do you need that you can't just have some class? Don't do this. <laughs> like, you know, and like, but at the same time, it's like Shaq dancing with his sons is fucking awesome. It is, so it's yeah. like, it is awesome. You know, it's, but like, point being, I got on it and dumped a bunch of old clips from trips and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that's wow. how I started mine. Was yeah. just taking old, I had all these phone clips. Like, but it worked. Cause yeah. like, like I, 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 w- I was kind of following your lead where it's like, dude, Andrew's blowing up. And like, that was like, not even to where you are now. No, I mean, and that was like the first time for like a per, I mean, I've helped brands, you know, like build up their, their, their accounts. Like I started the social media for flip. Um, I even started it for birdhouse when Twitter came out, but like, I never did it for like myself. 
So to have my own personal account, just like all of a sudden my videos blow up. And it's weird because it's like, I'm just like a channel. Like it's my name, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't know this was going to happen. So I just named it my last name like it is on Instagram. And then I'm like on there one day after posting like five videos, all of a sudden this one just like explodes. Like I got like, I don't know, like two million views in like a week. And I had like 30,000, 40,000 followers by the end of the month. But that's like never happened to me. Like I'd never had a social media where I was like the person running it by my, like on my own with my own name. And, yeah. it, and that happened, but it was just like the content and it just worked like, you know, cause you posted on there. Like it's like perfect for skateboarding. It's it, like skateboarding and music. Like, of course, it's, like it's also like jokes too. So yeah. it's, it is sort of like perfect for like, if you wanted to, like make the meme into a video like it is a good setup for that i mean there's a, there's a reason why instagram's uh moving towards reels yeah like yeah it's, for sure it's because you know whatever Dude, even youtube they have youtube shorts now i think twitter too is having yeah. had their version of it and then they might have immediately been like ah fuck this <laughs> <laughs> this is just for people to get pissed off about <laughs> whatever i got it yeah, I remember it was so funny. People, some people, I, I, with like what was going on with like Twitter and like, you know, not in the very beginning, but like, I forgot fucking Trump or someone, I think, you know, like he had an issue with, uh, with TikTok because all these people like clowned him basically. And like he had oh, a yeah. rally and remember they like booked oh, tickets yeah. and then no one showed up. Like was... it was like a really bad turnout and he blamed tick. He held that against TikTok. Um, so we, he, you know, that's when he started being like, Oh, well, it's owned by a Chinese company and Oh, like this and that. And I'm like, dude, the people, I mean, I'm not going to say this company's perfect, you know, but like, I'm a lot less concerned about what TikTok's doing than what like Facebook's doing. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it all seems a little insidious once you get into the, like watching the social network or whatever, or the social uh, dilemma. But in the meantime, we're all addicted. Yeah, we're we're all addicted. Like, how do you make it work for me? I guess like, could I get paid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you, so as a professional, can you be honest? Yeah. Do you understand the algorithm? I mean, I understand it like (laughs) as much as I think like most people (laughs) understand. I mean, it's, I I know, I know how it works it to a degree just because of experience. I know that putting up like this type of content is going to get flagged. I know that putting up like this type of content, the algorithm is going to give me more love and show more people like, Mm -hmm. oh, if I use the trending song and it's a good enough clip, okay, that's probably going to like the algorithm is going to like bump that one up, but I don't get, I don't think there's times where I'm like, I have no idea why this did well or why this didn't do well. Well, it's also probably just the fact that like, it's not just one algorithm. It's like probably a rotating wheel of multiple algorithms where it's like, we, the, we don't even understand just, (laughs) buddy, you're good. Chill out. I need to skate you but point I don't know I, I feel this I here's one one thing I know that will work at getting no love is uh start a TikTok get a 10,000 person following and then just don't get on there for a while yeah. and then try to kick start the engine it is just an old aging motorcycle that's like I think the battery's dead <laughs> I, 
Because <laughs> I've been like trying to play around with it again and like just getting absolutely n- nothing going. But just it's like, also just because like it's harder because there's way more people on it. Like I don't, on average, kind of like get the same numbers as like I did in the very beginning because in the very beginning there were a lot of people on it no one was posting but there weren't like over a you know eventually it went to like last year there's like a billion monthly active users and Instagram has like 1.4 billion so it's like it blew up like really blew up it's like the fastest growing social media platform yeah it it's wild too because it like I mean you, you can kind of get uh, sucked into any of them yeah but TikTok is the most like you're you're just thumbing through it more, oh, yeah. like, and you're like hold and you don't even know how much time you've been on that you're just like enthralled with all the working and, and whatnot and your list like the thing that's crazy was first getting on it and like learning how to use it and just like what it was about you realize you leave the sound on like you listen to all this shit like what Instagram I rarely have like the sound on you know and that's why all these people on Instagram you know a lot of times put subtitles and shit because they know people aren't yep. don't have their sound on versus like TikTok it's like part of like the quote unquote you know like experience is like listening to the songs the songs are edited to like whether it's skating or funny clips or whatever but like the songs like music and sounds like push like what's happening on that like they influence like what type of content is being made whether it's like some trending this or other you know like yeah but on instagram yeah people don't have their sound on usually like majority I, yeah i never considered that actually but um it's i just like with for brands it just seems so odd like it's just this odd game of like chicken for visibility. It's just like, oh, we have to be, we have to be like, and you're like, or else like, or else what? No, I I like, I remember, you remember how like brands for so long and probably still like to a degree, like, and I don't know if this is for the shareholders or whoever, but like companies have to have like every social media platform, you know, like Mm -hmm. it'd be like 10 things. Sometimes you wouldn't even recognize some of the icons. You're like, what is that? And it was like a thing, like almost like these badges, like on websites that, oh, it looks good. We're on everything. But like, I only like to focus on the stuff that makes sense for like the people I work with. So like I have a client and they're like, Hey, do you think that we should do TikTok?" And I'm like, you know what? I don't think so. Like, I don't know if it'll work as well for you. Yes, you could, if you really tried and like put, but we're already, you know, you're killing it on Instagram and that's where your audience is. Like, sure. We can explore it later, but like, I don't believe that everybody has to be on everything. I think that's just like diluting your shit. And eventually no one's post. Everybody's just going to, you're going to end up posting the same thing over and over to all these different like places. Like Like if you're, actively engaged on whatever and it like it'll it'll make sense but like if you're just gonna post one thing and then it just repopulates over and then yeah. you're not like responding or even checking it, it's like you might like people just, aren't gonna that's not gonna yeah. it's not a good look just do like one or two things really well yeah and then instead of doing seven things okay or you know yeah, I'm. I uh, I'm ha- I've had had this conversation. I have a 66 year old friend who does comedy. Yeah, and he's fucking hilarious. I love him. He's amazing. Patrick Booker, check him out. Uh, but like, I made him a reel from a video just we shot at an open mic just yeah. on my on his phone or my phone, and then I just did the the automatic caption, and he got he has like. I don't know, 300 followers on Instagram and he got like 25,000 views on his reel. Damn. And it, I'm like, 
he's getting ready to like film a special and like he he's talking talking to me about like do i need to be on tiktok and i'm like i as a hearing a 66 year old man ask me if i should be on tiktok <laughs> i'm like i don't know actually <laughs> like i w- i don't think so i unless like you like it could be really funny yeah if it was like I'm filming you and fucking with you or like, you know, uh, we're doing like, we're actually making content. Yeah. yeah. But if you're just dumping a bunch of old clips on there, you just maybe just stick to Instagram. Sometimes I'm like amazed by like people who are on certain things and doing a good job. Like on Instagram, the TSA, I don't honestly follow them anymore, but they, someone told me follow TSA as in like the security people at the airport. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Why would God, I follow their that? Their DMs must be the absolute worst. <laughs> Dude, their account, if you have never looked at the Instagram for TSA, I have no clue if it's even still around. It's just an account that shows all the shit they confiscate. Crazy stuff. Like, like a, like a, you know, a clock, just a regular clock that's made to look like a bomb. Like uh, someone who brought in like a gun that could hide in an umbrella, like crazy stuff. It is amazing whoever thought that they should make it. That's all the account is. And then they educate people like, hey, just so you know, we don't allow these items on airplanes. So, you know, this is the extreme example of like what you definitely shouldn't bring, but also be aware that you shouldn't bring this and this and this on a plane. I'm looking at the account right now and it's government, it says government official. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's so bizarre. Is it still the same? I, I, it's like princess of puns and. Oh, wow. I mean, that's the account and they're like, yep. Well, this is so different. I haven't looked at it in a long time. When I was following it, it was just every post was just something crazy that they confiscated from someone. Well, now it kind of looks like the like the creatures of NYC Subway, where it's just like, here's all of the fucking maniacs that yeah. are sending pizza through the uh, uh, the X-ray machine and shit like that. Don't. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Like the also, I just don't know. Like for a brand that's selling commercial goods, I get it because it's like, oh, we're gonna get a return on our investment. Like we yeah. have a direct line to our consumer, and you know, like I, I get it, but also just like, like I don't know. Do you follow Emily Zuge on? Uh uh-uh. uh She's like this girl from Michigan, and she's very deadpan, and she just plays dumb, and like her, she's hilarious. Yeah. And but she's also a graphic designer, but like she blew up. She was already blown up, but like then brands started hitting her up and she started redesigning brand logos. Okay. And yeah. She did Microsoft. And she did all these like blue chip stock brands. Yeah. And I'm like, is, is this just like for marketing? Like, Hey, mar- like all these kids, all these kids that follow her are going to be like, Oh, this, this cool, br- you know, all oh, this old fogey brand that I don't really care about. Like, got her to redesign the brand because they're they're cool on the joke. I was just like, but does that make people... I don't know. Is it... I mean, like, people always, like, I, you know, like, companies on there a lot of time, and, and this is even just, like, working at companies, everybody wants, like, conversions, conversions, like, and sales. They want sales conversions. When they say conversions, it's not yeah. like, oh, I want, they always want 
more followers and people to buy stuff. But like, I don't know if they realize sometimes I've like had to remind people like, hey, like you're also just like branding and making people aware of your company, yeah. which is valuable. And no, we can't like fully connect the dots always to like, did this TikTok video, but like contribute to this? Yeah, maybe, or probably if it was really popular. And then maybe those people like, were like, damn, that's a cool brand or they have a cool product and like, you know. Yeah, you are gonna create more of a lifelong uh, fan base if you're being, I don't know, like for, for, for Vans Skate, like we aren't big on conversions. Like we don't sell anything on our page. We'd like, yeah. we try to do like every, time I post I try to be like available at skate shop also fans.com and then like <laughs> yeah. really try to be like we cause it matters and we give a shit like but at the same time like you know like you do need to sell shoes but you know it's it's a hard line to walk sometime cause you, you do I mean early on in social media especially like in like cause where I really like started doing social media was for flip like it was I did a little bit for yes for like birdhouse like I started their twitter you know mm -hmm. and like but it wasn't until Flip where like it really started going and I just kind of naturally like, you know, I'd be on trips with guys and I'm like, I'm gonna cover this because this is interesting as fuck. Like, I'm gonna post this on Twitter. So yeah. our Twitter account had all these like, it was all these grainy photos, whatever from my, you know, Blackberry at the time. Um, I wonder we're, cause like remember, my, if it goes back to MySpace, if any, like do you remember if skate brands were on MySpace? Crail Tap, I want to yeah. say was on my. I remember Which hearing the about the first social media. You remember Friendster? Yeah. Friendster. The only reason I knew about Friendster was because of Crail Tap. They had a Friendster, and they on their website like would link out to the Friendster account they had, and that's the only reason I got Friendster was because Crail Tap <laughs> had Friendster. Ah man, I think I was on Friendster, and then um, fuck, what was I? Do you remember UndiesOnly.com? No. It, it was sort of. I don't think it, I think it was a, I think it was sort of, no, it was for sure like a social media thing because you had to be in your underwear to be on there. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I was ever brave <laughs> enough for that, but I definitely was lurking. Um, yeah. Just like, it'd be interesting to talk to somebody that's been through the, through it that like Vern Laird seems like somebody who might've been like, into, yeah. but I'll, like what I was going to say is it's like, Cause I was at skateboarder when we started their Instagram yeah. and like, I think Narako was around when Van started their social media pro he was, he started Van skate. Yeah. And like, but like early on in, in terms of a brand, no, there was no like playbook. So no. like, yeah, like being like being birdhouse on Twitter, you know, you're, it's literally probably just quoting things from the team or like what, what were you like putting yeah, on there? photos you couldn't upload photos in the very beginning so it would just be like all right i'm gonna use this on tour to like update whoever's following because i didn't you know it was like we knew that there were like millions of people on twitter how many of those people were skateboarders we weren't sure but then birdhouse because tony at that time had like the t he was like in the top five twitter account like biggest Twitter, not like for just sports, but just like period. Like he had like one of the biggest Twitter accounts. So because of him, 
we would get like all the fans and followers, whatever from that would come from Tony Hawk. So when I would go on tour, it would just be updates like, Hey guys, we're going to be at, you know, can we're going to be in Kansas city, blah, blah, blah at this time. Oh, this got changed. And I would just like update them. So it was basically just like updating people about our tour schedule or like, Hey, we got like this happening and, or telling them to go to the website, check out the recap. Cause in the beginning of like, before I was doing the social and even when I was doing social media, like we were still doing like blog posts. So I'd be like, I had a point and shoot. I always had a point and shoot on me and I would take photos at like events at skate spots. And then I would literally create blog posts. I did that for stereo. I did it for flip. I did it for birdhouse. Like, and that was like, basically like our, that was our Instagram or I mean, it predates Instagram, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? Like, and then it wasn't until social media started coming around where it was like, Oh, we can upload photos now. Oh shit. Like, do we need to actually do with this blog post, which takes forever and we have to compress the shit out of the photo and so that's when it was like, eventually it kind of like transitioned to like just posting all our stuff on social media. But yeah, it's, it's insane how far it's come along because like, I do production for this uh, yoga brand and they have, I believe six different social media, uh, people just for Instagram and like TikTok or just for maybe just for TikTok, And like they're, they have like just such an aggressive production schedule solely for uh, collateral that only lives in. <laughs> Double primo. Double primo. Some people just walk by the window and everybody went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds about right. That's that's the neighbors. They're saying hi. But yeah, just like the amount of money that goes into like just photo and video shoots that are that only lives on social media is oh, like yeah. it's insane now. Cause like when you're just like you have an early iPhone and you're like, I bet I could upload this and you're like it's like no wonder everybody got like there was so much shit on Twitter to like dig through to get people canceled and be like, did you know they said this? It's oh like, yeah. Yeah. They were on when there were 14 people on Twitter. And yeah. Like, yeah. Just saying some wild shit. I don't know. Why are you so worked up, man? You're going to hate me, but I have to go very soon. That's all right. Uh, let's, uh, Technically, I, mean, I probably should have already left, but I'm not too far from the house. I got my bike. Word. Uh, well, I mean, we're, yeah, we are like 50 minutes in. But all right, just give us a quick run through. How, like, all right, then you were at Flip. Then I was at. Te- Fl- were you team manager? Yeah, Flip. Like that was official. Like, so I was at Stereo for like about a year, and then I already knew the Flip guys because of Blitz, and like you know we did a lot of stuff with them, and like I just got along really well with like Jeff. Um, and got to know Jeremy and Ian. So when they were like, when they went to NHS, they reached out and they're like, hey, we're at NHS now. Like, would you be interested in like coming back to work with us? Cause if, what happened was Blitz laid off. It was 2008. They laid off like yeah. 50, 60% of the company, which included me. Cause I was the new guy. So it was like, of course. Um, but they were like, hey, just stay in touch. And I would see Jeff at bars and in Long Beach. But um, yeah, then I went to Flip. So from like 2009 to 2013, I was at Flip as the like team manager um which would have been like extremely sorry era. yeah that was the first thing i worked on was the extremely sorry premiere which vans like heavily supported and helped us get like the crazy grove theater that's oh, in yeah. anaheim like they helped pay for that they covered uh like 
it was it was sick. Pete Derricks like helped like f- like get a lot of stuff moving along in terms of like getting us paid. Like that premiere like was like the first the really big like I had done a premiere before for Birdhouse, but this premiere was like next level. I mean like the amount of coordination, the amount of money that went into like all that like, and then right after that started the you know the like the world tour. Um, oh yeah, like taking the video everywhere and stuff. So yeah, it started off like pretty just straight into like the trenches when I got into that job. Was it, was it a rough transition to get into flip or because you'd worked at blitz, you already had, uh, cause you already knew no, rally. Yeah, I'd already like known them Apple and like Yard. I knew and I knew, yeah. And I knew those guys and I would see them around. So it felt like kind of like it just felt natural. And I already kind of, was it hard ever trying to tell Jeff something to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're going to need you to use, I'm not doing that. I mean, yeah, Jeff, I, I like, I think the reason I like Jeff so much is because he like sticks to his guns and like his, you know, he like says, when he says stuff, like he means it. And like, he would tell us stuff and sometimes, you know, like he'd be like, no, I'm not doing that or this, or this is where, but it was always because like, he was looking ahead, like, is this worth it? Like, is this, you know, go, like, should we do this? Is it? And like, I always thought, all right, man, like you're, you know, you're older than me, you're a famous pro skater. Like, yes, I'm the team manager, but like, I'm not trying to, I wasn't really like, having to manage Jeff too much. The, only, the managing yeah. I was doing with Jeff was like, all right, I got your plane ticket. We got hotels squared away. Be here at a certain time. Jeff's so reliable. He'd always show up, always be there on time. To this day, when we go skate, sometimes he beats me to the spot. Like he's always on time. Like he's just a professional yeah. professional. There's a reason why he's made yeah. it where he's at. But also like I was th- thinking about this cause it's like working for the company, but also being like the, the team's guy. Yeah. Like you have to be, um, like Jeff is the perfect example because it's just like, look, the company has people that thinks they know what they want and what they're doing. And like Vans is a great example because they were like on the fucking brink of bankruptcy and they had already gone bankrupt. Yeah. And like Jeff really is the reason why that totally. they, they came back. Yeah. Like them and like, or him and like Cardiel and everybody that was like, just make the old shit. Like just yeah. do what you did well. Like, and you know, look at like, like they, I mean, the skate department is very aware of it. They're like, this guy saved the brand. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it is tr- like having that internal monologue where you're just like, I think I'm just going to shut up and let like him figure Like, I think he knows. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, and like, <sighs> Like he was like a Janoski situation where it's just like, like if you're the team managers just in his ear, like, Hey, just, just give them what they want. You know what I mean? Like, and you, it, it sucks because it puts you in a weird position, but then it, it, it's helpful when you have people like that have a vision, I guess. I, I feel like mostly it was helpful, especially when I was like on a trip with him and like I was with the younger guys and Jeff was there and I was like, something pissed me off about someone doing something or whatever. Sometimes Jeff would be like the person to be like, don't worry about it, man. Like, it's all good. Like, I know, I know you're frustrated. You know what I mean? Like he would literally like talk me down because (laughs) he was so used to, he'd been on so many trips in his life and known so many team managers that like he was able to sometimes like be like, Hey, yeah, don't worry about this. Or you know what? you fucked up with this. Like he would straight up tell me if I messed up something. And like, sometimes I'd be like, Oh shit. Like, but I was like, no, I was actually really helpful. Like I learned from that and then I don't make that mistake. And I think like, but there's so few of 
guys like him, you know, like yeah. pro skaters that are really professional in all ways and like their life and are yeah. accountable for things. And like, well, we have, we've talked about this on the podcast before, because it's like so people, some people have an idea of a legacy yeah, and they're like building and they're like working towards something. And then yeah. they know that what they're doing is going to be left behind. And some people are just happy to be at the party and then, you know, are kind of bewildered when the party ends. It's like, yeah. well, you know, you had this opportunity and you took what it, what it was, what it was, what, and you had fun. Yeah, and now, sure. you know, cool experience. Like how many people get to do that? Awesome. Yeah. But don't be a bit shitty about it when, yeah. <laughs> when the party's over. Yeah, like, exactly. Like you didn't save any money. Like, you know, I think it's hard. I mean, I get it. Like you're really young getting all this money. I don't know what I would have done making that kind of money at that age. Probably really stupid shit, but you know, you got someone like Jeff who was like saving money and like investing in things and like taking shit really seriously. Like when it came to like getting articles and mags and filming video and not just like, you know. Yeah. And that's why we still talk about those people because yeah. they had uh, standards and stuck to them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. Well, shit, man, I feel like we could talk all day, but I know you got to get out of here. You got family and stuff, but maybe yeah, we'll man. have you on again. I would love it, man. Like, well, this will be maybe be the intro and then we'll get everybody on board and have you as yeah. the fourth, fourth man. Let's do it. I'm so Kelly. down. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Christian. Thanks a lot.